Yes, yes. Hello and welcome. It is a new episode of NFL Only Better with the greats. It is Iron Mike Carlson and it is Weedy John Balf. Sorry, <laughs> John. Weedy for, John. I like thanks that. Thanks for that. Is that. Okay, fair enough here. Let's go with that. I'll get, I'll get a good nickname for you next week. I don't know why I decided to like 15 seconds into the show, just antagonize one of the best for sure. Look, there we go. Um, a, a really exciting week in the NFL. The, the first of the London games took place. And even more exciting than that, gentlemen, is we actually have a new favorite for the Super Bowl, which is what we're going to speak about before we even talk about last week. I just want to let you know, Super Bowl winning odds at the moment. The Buffalo Bills are your new favorites. They are 11 to wow. 2. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 6-1. to one. The Kansas City Chiefs are 7-1. to one. Green Bay Packers and Baltimore Ravens and LA Rams 10-1. to one. Yeehaw, our boys. Dallas Cowboys 12-1. to one. Cardinals 12-1. to 14 about Cleveland Browns. I was going to stop there, but then I saw the Browns, so I said their name. Thanks, um, No problem, John. Uh, 16s bar the rest. The AFC obviously has a new favorite as well. The Buffalo Bills 5-2. to two. Kansas City Chiefs 7-2. to two. Baltimore Ravens 9-2. to two. Cleveland Browns 13-2. to two. As it stands, um, and that is where we start. You know what? Good morning, Mr. Good morning. Mike it, I knew he was going to come in. Come on, yeah, come on in. Well, come on in. Just just before we start in on the bills or whatever, the interesting thing to me is the bar, because they've they've done a pretty good job of describing exactly what the NFL is like right now, where you where you have a handful of real of good to really good teams. And then a bunch of mediocre ones and a, and a few awful ones down, down the bottom, you know, but basically those teams that are above the bar are basically the ones that you would consider. I don't, you know, I don't really see others having a great chance in there. You know, maybe, maybe the 49ers, if they got healthy, could, could jump into that, into that uh, category, but not, not many others. Yeah, no, it, it is. And I'll just give you the, uh, because uh, while we're talking, I'll give you the NFC conference winner. Uh, Tampa are 5-2, to two, the Rams 9-2, the Cardinals 5-1, to one, the Packers 11-2, Cowboys 13-2, uh, San Francisco 16s down with the Saints as 25s bar. That includes the Seahawks, of course, who suffered uh, the loss to their, their main key man, really. Um, so I guess, guys, just just what, what we were going to speak about first before we even look back is that and and this question now about the AFC, because we're probably, even though it's only week five, I, I think I'm tired of talking about Kansas and, and how <laughs> I feel that they're not the team that they were. And, and we kind of bring them up every week. Well, let, let's just let, they're not the best team in the AFC as of right now, by any stretch of the imagination, they're not even their best team in their division. Um Mike, have, have, we'll start with you, I suppose. Are, are the Bills now the main guys in town? And are the Ravens even better than them? Well, the, the, Ra- the Ravens are an interesting one because last week's performance should have alerted people, you know, to, um, to how good they, could, they can possibly be, um, you know, if, if they have a passing game that, that really works well. And, and I, I think what, what, what they have total offense, I mean, you know, it was like over a thousand yards. This this was a very offensive week, and it was a very offensive week in terms of penalties as well. But the the big question the big question remains whether whether they can consistently do that offensively. I think, and the Bills to me have established that they are consistent on both sides of the ball, which you know, is real is really the um is really the key to being favorites here. They're gonna have a bad game or they're gonna have a game where someone explodes and they can't catch up, but it's gonna be unlikely. And and as I was saying last week, the Bills everybody the problem with Kansas City 
above offense or defense, and we can argue that one out. Um, you know, is Damian Wilson really the most important guy they lost in the offseason? The the problem with Kansas City is that Todd Bowles showed a blueprint for how you beat them, which kind of should have been obvious, and people should have paid attention to how well the Patriots played with them, if not necessarily beat them when they were not that great a team. But Buffalo, as I said, is perfectly constructed to do that kind of a game plan. They've got a good four-man rush. They've got two really active, quick, fast linebackers who can cover ground, and they play a deep shell half the time anyway. So playing a deep shell against Kansas City was no problem for them, and they did a brilliant job of shutting them down. And that's what's happening to the Chiefs. Teams are kind of figuring out what you what you can do to beat them, and I think – that's where all their struggles come from. Yeah, we saw this um, a little bit in the Super Bowl. And John, this has continued now into New Year, where, where almost the, the people, teams are putting a half kind of on KC. They're, they're, they're dropping in, as Michael says, in that shell, and they're just not letting them do what they do what they were doing all last season. And it's starting to have a real effect. We, including yourself and myself, of course, we all went for Kansas to get back on track at home last weekend. Um, it didn't happen. And now they're in a tricky spot. They are. We said it. We said it last week uh, in kind of in, in our preview for for this particular or for the the Bills game is that you know two and two is manageable, but if they're coming after five games with a two and three record, that's when there's some serious alarm bells starting to ring there, and it doesn't look like it's getting much better as well. Obviously, that was a very difficult game uh, welcoming the Bills to their to their home stadium last weekend, but that was the first time in Patrick Mahomes' entire NFL career that he's lost a game by more than one score or more than one touchdown, I should say. So. You know, if you're looking for some sort of evidence that things are kind of going off the rails a little bit there, it's that like, I mean, have you have you seen Mahomes play as bad a game as that? Maybe once or twice, but, you know, it's, it, it was very, very uncharacteristic, his performance. He just wasn't able to get a grasp on it. And I thought it was, you know, just given the context of perhaps a little bit of a changing of the guard in the AFC, I do think it was quite telling that it was it was Josh Allen and the Bills who were the team that achieved that. Uh, I think the this Buffalo team, they came into the into the season with a lot of hype after what they achieved last year and and how impressive Josh Allen was and they're building on that which is a very very good thing to see from their perspective I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean we we did see. I, I think one of the things with this is when you mentioned Patrick Mahomes is we've probably never actually seen Mahomes under pressure as much uh, and uh, and and stressed and and needing to win games as much as he has been because he has had a pretty okay career let's be honest mm. since the start now he's doing something that we've never seen which is he he's giving the ball away a lot and, and he's doing a bit of a Russell Wilson at times and a bit of a Derek Carr and a, and a bit of a I'm under pressure I'm I'm, I'm so good I'm going to lob this to one of my wide receivers yeah. and that does not always work out ask Derek Carr how that yeah, worked out exactly. from the early like, stages of his you're, career you're absolutely right Kieran there's a lot of you'd have to understand that there's a lot of pressure on a player like Patrick Mahomes you know it's difficult to kind of ignore your own reputation or your own hype and things like this and if he's just constantly being heralded in the media and in the press as this sort of magician quarterback who can take you know any situation and turn it in his own team's favor you know, you're going to start to uh, try and follow that blueprint if you're him. And sometimes, as we saw last weekend, it's just, it's not going to work. And uh, I think, yeah, like I said, I, I just, I'm very impressed with this Bills team at the moment. But uh, Mike kind of hit the point, hit, hit the nail on the head, I think, really, is that last season's Super Bowl against the Bucks really showed how to put the Chiefs' offense out of their element. And in, in that, in the Super Bowl game, it was, you know, flush Mahomes out of the pocket reduce his time on the ball ever so slightly if you can or just put him out of his uh out of his comfort zone i guess and uh i mean with that 
that that one game convinced Andy Reid and the, and the Chiefs uh, front office to completely retool the offensive line so that wouldn't happen again. And they did that, but now it just seems like, you know, they're they've kind of replaced one problem with another. I think that ultimately the Chiefs are still going to be fine, and they almost certainly will make the playoffs. But if we're just talking plain and simply about if they're as good as they were the last couple of years, I think based upon the evidence of the first five games, it's very difficult to say that they are. Okay, let's uh, look back at how we did. We always like to do it. Um, this week game. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, Mike. Um, well, hold on there now, Carlson. Now, hold on there now. Um, let's start with the Wembley game, which you said kind of no bet. Um, so we'll give yeah. you that one, um, which was over on the Jets game. So, John, that was you by half a point. You love getting these overs in with half a point. Um, Rams-Seattle, which was the big Thursday night game. Mike, you were leaning towards Seattle. John, you said Rams, so that's right. We love the Cowboys now on the on the podcast, yep. so obviously we were with them. And I believe, Mike, you were right on Monday Night Football as well. So that's that, that's a good one, yeah. But th- there is one, yeah. you know. Well, what, well what let's get to the got? let's get to the pod bests. The so best the bets last best week. Bets, yes. Um, so, John, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, went, yes. uh, I went for <laughs> against everything that I believe in as a man, and. The NFL gods punished me for that. Oh, you went under, under, didn't you? I went for an under in the (laughs) Denver-Pittsburgh game because neither of them, and Big Ben. We actually have listeners to this podcast in the States. I can listen, look and see how many. And and, well, I've yet to see Pittsburgh come up on the map. I believe that somewhere Ben heard our podcast and decided that he was (laughs) angry at me. Um, That did not go under. In fact, it went well over as the under was 39. (laughs) John... (laughs) Over Green Bay game did not click. I know you oh, did think it was going to. It was looking then, good for a while, wasn't it? But then you know they just stopped play, uh, scoring. Whereas Mike, you went to uh, the podcast now favorite team, which was the Dallas Cowboys, and they did indeed. I, you were you are I, they a did cover this week. They did cover easily, and and if I can put a plug in for I, I'll say my, but it's our since it's the Betfair. Uh, Friday pod, uh, Friday column, my my picks column on Friday. Um, I threw Dallas into that column as as the value bet. The best bet was Tennessee, and they came through. And my outside bet was for the Packers to it was a combo and go under forty nine five at thirteen to five. And I, that one came in as well. I thought that was a pretty good week um, for our readers there on Friday. Yeah, no, that was very good. Yeah, absolutely. That was excellent. Um, uh, very quickly, uh, this week's, oh, come on, guys, play of the week is actually for the first time in its long tradition uh, going to be shared. Um, and it is to all the NFL kickers who <laughs> have now decided that field goals and extra points are way too <laughs> difficult. Um, it's funny, Mike, they, well, it was three seasons ago they changed the... Uh, the line from where the extra point is kicked from. And I have to say that they tinker a lot, but that change has had a dramatic effect on how many of these extra points are scored. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because uh, one of the, in one of the games, you know, they said, Oh, he's missed the first extra point, but you know, but he's been deadly on field goals from 35. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where do they kick the extra point from? You know, which which large how how many yards is that kick? Isn't this exactly the same spot that he just missed one from? Um, but I think I think my highlight was um was after Mason Crosby missed the kick that would have won the game. They sent him out for the coin toss and he missed the coin 
boss. Um, so I thought, oh my God. And then they, when they sent him already nine, I knew he was going to kick it. I mean, it was like, let's end all this stuff with missing all the cheap shots and the chippies and whatever. This is a real kick. Let's make this one. And, and yeah. so he did in the end. Crosby missed um, Blankenship at the Colts. Could have iced the game twice, really, realistically. Um, yeah, quite, uh, the Bengals guy, um, yeah, just a lot of bad kicking and a lot of extra points that were missed that, that went on. I mean, even the Browns game had some crazy extra point stuff that kept it all going. It was, uh, yeah, it was a bad, bad, bad week for kickers. And um, one of the golden rules of this podcast, as always, is we don't talk about fantasy. But I, what I will say, one thing about fantasy, just one thing that I want to say. I can't understand why you don't get minus points for your kicker missing. I will stand on, I will die on this hill. You should be deducted points if your kicker misses a kick. I'm just saying everything yeah. else is deducted. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. That's not. I, I, I Karen, you should be deducted points when you're kicking. Well, misses. I would have been. I've made some Crosby. I, I've made some Crosby. I'm I fine with like that. Minus 12 this week. I would have been fine with it too. If he's missing kicks, he should get deducted points. I have a, I have a simple system for rating kickers, which. It, um, it doesn't take into account a lot of things, but but on the simple basis, I give I give them one point for making field goals under forty yards and deduct three if they miss. Between forty and forty nine, it's two for a, win, a make and two for a miss, and over fifty, it's three for a make and uh, minus one if you if you miss it, um, and then divide by the number of kicks, and it gives you what I call cock up. <laughs> um, and but you know Mason Crosby, I think last year only had 16 kicks, but he made them all, and he was he was like the the cock up champion last year. But one thing I've noticed over the years is that consistency is not there on kicking. You know, kicking is really an up and down thing, season by season, and and in many seasons, if you go back and chase it, it's really one or two bad games that that affect the thing. Tucker is sort of an exception; he's always been in the top six to 10 um, and often near, very near the top, you know, um, he is re re relatively consistent, but, but John, it's a fascinating business. You know, it's the only one where one mistake gets you fired apart from John. Yeah. Apart from, well, that was multiple mistakes. I believe. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like 155. <laughs> um, John, you've got a big of a thing for Greg the leg, don't you? Uh, I well, I mean, I did. Again, we we don't like talking about fantasy on this, but I had him a couple of years ago, and it was like having an extra wide receiver on your team. That's what like, I wanted him to say. I wanted everyone to hear what he. It was like fifteen or fifteen or twenty points a game. It was ridiculous. You can you can get back to John on Twitter or however you find him that he said that this kicker, Greg the Leg Zerline, was like having an extra wide receiver. <laughs> oh my god, we're stopping talking. We're stopping talking. Um, the slate of games this week: uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> it's a Thursday night football. Um, you can hear, just hear the rivalry in our fantasy football league yeah. translating no, no. to the no. podcast. Yeah, you, Greg the leg yeah. is a wide receiver. Well, yeah, sure he is. Yeah, well, when when he cuts away from you to go to the slate, you've been slated, John. <laughs> uh, Thursday night football, books at Eagles. Uh, the uh, the London game this week, uh, the Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars, or at London, technically, uh, is at half past two. Uh, rumors that Tua will be back for that. The 601 games, Texans at Colts, Packers at Bears, Chiefs at Washington football team, Vikings at Panthers, Chargers at Ravens, Bengals at Lions, Rams at Giants, and then the 905 games, the Cardinals at the Browns uh, is just the one, and the 925 games, Raiders at Broncos. Cowboys are Patriots, the late game on Sunday is the Seahawks and the Steelers, and the Bills are Titans round the weekend off. 
Now, something that has uh, never happened before, a phrase John has used in his personal life many times, the six o'clock game at Sky has, as of time of recording, not been announced. So we're going to, fingers crossed, know what the six o'clock game is by the time we finish up in around about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so. So we'll start with the Thursday night game, guys. Um, and that is uh, the, the, the train that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading to the not-a-train of the Philadelphia Eagles. 1-3 to three the books, 12-5 to five the Eagles, 7 points as the spread, 52.5. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a broken record, John Baff, for us, um, but uh, Brady's figures at the weekend, I mean, yowza. <laughs> Man is age. Yowza. Yeah, this, this Brady guy is going places. I like the look of him. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. The the Football Outsiders website produces a statistic called DVOA, which is something about like value over average, or, or it, but it, it supposedly encapsulates all the different effects of playing. You know, throwing for first downs, not throwing short on third down, all this kind of stuff. And with all the hype we've had around Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and, and Kyler Murray, Brady actually leads the league in DVOA. Is that so? So he, he's the most effective quarterback by their ratings in the NFL. Uh, and he ran for a first down for, on third and <laughs> 10. Uh, and, and yeah, and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that is playing well, putting up a lot of points, yeah. uh, defensively looking a little bit better. I mean, shaky enough at times, but they're a type of team that give away points as well. Let's be honest, you know, it's very difficult. Um, yeah, that's right. That, that, seems lots of points. Re- that seems to be reflected in the over-under, which is a 52 and a half in this game at the moment, which I guess is, I mean, it's not the highest we've seen, but it's, you know, it's, it's on the top end of it. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree. Like the Brady, like... They're an interesting team to watch, aren't they? Because I mean, remember us talking at the start of the season, coming out of the Super Bowl, about the two teams that were in it. We've already discussed the Chiefs on the on the show today, but the Buccaneers—they uh, don't really seem to have lost a step, at least compared to you know to Kansas City, certainly. Uh, and you know, in a way, trip to the Philadelphia Eagles seems like one of those games that's very much within their wheelhouse to go in there and and get a get a pretty conclusive road win. Uh, just looking at the the figures here on our on the Betfair website, it's the, the Eagles are being given seven points. Can Jalen Hurts and this team can they keep it down to a seven point margin? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't be surprised now. This isn't one of the games I'm super confident in this week. But uh, if I'm just if I'm really making a pick here, I, I like the um, I like the Buccaneers to win probably by more than a touchdown. Okay, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. the thing about Mike, the thing about the Eagles is they they they're a bit of an odd team. Um, they're a bit difficult to read. You said at the start of the program, you know, there's there's some really good teams, there's some decent teams that will will challenge, and then there's a lot of mediocre teams and a lot of poor teams. Where do you rate the Eagles in that Carlson list? Um they should be better, but we've said that for a couple of years. Um well, and yeah, her yeah. Hertz Hertz is looking like he might well be a decent quarterback in the end. I think he's helped by the fact that Sirianni probably is is more willing to adjust his offense to Hertz's strengths than Doug Peterson would have been. Um, uh, I think that's almost you can take that for granted. But they're still oft injured. They're not quite the one trick pony that say Pittsburgh is or whatever in terms of pass rush being their big thing, but they can rush the passer, which is, which is their biggest advantage against, against Brady. 
and it looks like turning the volume down on my phone didn't actually work. In terms of text messages, at least. Um, and I think Tampa's vulnerable in the secondary, which we know, especially if they don't get great rush. Um, and Hertz can help help mitigate against great rush. And I think too that Philadelphia is pretty good at. If Tampa go out to a lead and start to coast, they'll come back and get a lot of points um, because Hertz can generate points. So I agree with John. I, th- I think taking Tampa plus seven is probably the, you know, you almost have to do it. Um, minus seven, I should say. Tampa minus seven. You probably have to do it. I think the un- the over is probably a better bet here, too, for just what I said. I think Philadelphia could, you know, come up with a bunch of points if they're down in this game. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably the way to go. Um, without having a huge amount of confidence in, in that being what will happen. Yeah, I think, um, uh, Mike, thank you again, once again, for not, uh, you know, turning your phone off. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, how did it magically go off then? It magically the, went off. Did it? You, didn't tell him, you didn't tell him not to turn it back on, though, here. Yeah, the, the text, <laughs> for, for some reason, the text message must not have got the message. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we're all kind of on that. It, you look at that, it, it, it seems easy to just say Tampa, but I mean, that's that sometimes things are easy. Um, I should actually, just before we, we entered live games, I did mean to update on, on how the spreads are. Uh, teams to avoid, uh, as you'd imagine, Casey, but it is the New York Jets <laughs> right at the bottom. Uh, San Francisco well, 49ers. I'm taking the Jets this week. Okay. Again, against the bye, <laughs> they're going to win. They're going to win, and I'll give any number of points. <laughs> uh, teams to avoid: Washington, Kansas City, San Francisco, New York Jets, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are one and four against the spread. Um, teams decide what. Well, we all know who they are. After going zero and eight last season against the spread, Dallas are five and zero, baby. Wow. Yeah, they're our team. Uh, one of those teams that was on my cold list. John Baff is these Jacksonville Jaguars who are not getting it done. Uh, Miami Dolphins, 8-15. to 15. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 6-4. to 3.5 is the over-under. 47 is the points total. Um, it, it's, 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 it's one of those things, with the, again, with the London games and, and, and all of that. Like This game doesn't scream excitement. But we could be that's... absolutely wrong on this. Like, <laughs> well, not, I mean, that's I'm not trying wrong. to belittle anyone going to it. It's going to be a fantastic event, ah, and, yeah. and 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 it's a wonderful thing to go to, and it's great fun. But 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 if you had a choice of all of these games, and you were like, okay, which one do you want to go see live? I would say Miami or Jacksonville um, is down the list, just like Falcons versus Jets was last weekend too. It's like I think we said it a little bit on the show last last week too, but. You know, the NFL haven't really pulled out all the stops in terms of, uh, you know, giving the London market some some high profile fixtures. I guess that might be just be the rub of the green and how the schedule works out. But Atlanta, you know, they did get the over by half a point. I was pleased yeah. with that. But it's 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 interesting to see, uh, you know, if you're just looking at this game, this is two teams that have collectively gathered one win out of their, their 10 games so far this season. So even things like that, that, you know, when it's, it's difficult to predict how games between winning teams, if there was two 4-0 teams or a 4-0 and a 3-1, those, those games are difficult to predict. It's also difficult to predict 0-4 or 0-5 and 1-3 and or whatever, 1-4, and four, whatever they might be. So unless, uh, you know, if we're, if we're going for a pick, I think this might be the, uh, the game that the, the Jacksonville take their first win of the season. Maybe Urban Meyer is only capable of winning games outside the continental United States. I guess we'll, we'll, see, if the, we'll see if that's something that happens. Um, 
again, but at the same time, this kind of, I still feel the same way about this that I kind of did about the Tampa Bay and, and Philadelphia game as well. I'd be kind of staying away for the reasons I've mentioned. But if I'm pushed on this, which I guess is the name and game of this particular show, I'd hit the over, which last time I checked was 47. I think there can be some some points in this game. We just, again, we just, I don't want to labor the points too much, but these London games are quite volatile. Sometimes one of the two teams or even both of them won't show up. So you can, there's realistic scenarios where, you know, it's a 10-3 game, a 10-7 game. There's also, you could, there could be a rake of points. Uh, but of the two, of those two scenarios, I think the more likely I, one is the rake of points. I think the uh, NFL is, you know, fixing the game by scheduling it for half past two. Mm-hmm. Um, well done, Mike. How long can you I mute you? Let me just check the <laughs> settings. Mute <laughs> Is, is that is that is that telling sending us a message? I, my favorite bet in this game will be whether or not Urban Meyer flies back with the team uh, <laughs> after the game. I, I I'd say the odds the odds are probably like seven to five that he doesn't. Um, you know, it it's like Jacksonville in effect is playing for Urban's con. You know, Urban's job uh, in this game. I think um, now there are questions about what happens if you were to fire him contractually um, replacement wise, that kind of stuff. So maybe he survives anyway. Um, but, you know, last that, since we, we talked about that Cincinnati game, they, they showed some promise in that game. They looked, they looked okay. How they, you know, how they recover from that. They've had a lot of time um, to practice, to practice uh, and to do that. And they didn't, you know, um, they didn't really, they didn't really show many signs of, um, of huge improvement. So against Tennessee. And um, so I kind of look at it as if two is back from Miami and, and I expect he will be, um, or even if Brissett is playing and I expect he will be as well um, because they're working on it, then I, I would take Miami um, to cover. And uh, now if it's the third guy who, whose name I can never remember because who knows who he is. Um, then, then, then we've got a problem, you, you know, like uh, Houston, we've got a problem as Houston yeah. always does. Um, I, I agree with you that the over is probably a better bet there, but you know, this one just screams like unexpected, you know? Yeah. Well, if I was Miami, the first thing I'd be doing is watching Jags against Titans because the Titans uh, were not able to, the, the Jacksonville pass rush was was pretty decent. Tannehill was under pressure a lot in that game, a lot. But he, they countered it by running for the, the the second half, essentially. Derrick Henry had an absolute field day, the Jags. And I know he's a very special running back, but the Jags cannot stop the run. Based on that one game, at the very least, they just... They, they, that's all Ryan Tannehill did. He was just... I could have QB'd the second half of the Titans-Jacksonville because all he did is turn around and hand it to Derrick Henry. It was, it was yeah, the most well, obvious yeah. game plan from the start. Yeah, I mean... You know, um, Miles Gaskin is no Derrick Henry. Uh, but he's not and, bad and either. To me, the key, no, he's not that bad. He's not bad, no. Um, to me, the, the crazy thing with Urban Meyer is it took him three weeks to realize James Robinson should be his number one running back. Um, you know, first he wanted ATN and he got hurt, obviously, and then Carlos Hyde, who played for him in college. But, you know, Robinson is really good. Um, yeah, he is. You, yeah, yeah, I think he's he's the he's the kind of guy you can you can give twenty carries a game, twenty plus carries a game to, um, and get something out of it. And if I, you know, I I don't know for Jacksonville, I'd be I'd be letting him carry a lot of the weight. Um, 
rather than trying to turn yourself into a Trevor Lawrence passing team. Lawrence will probably throw for 400 yards and, and, you know, um, um, DJ shark will have, you know, three TDs or something like that, but we'll go, we're going Miami. Yes. Yeah. You can put the, you can put the ellipsis there, but dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So as we mentioned, um, the, the live games for 6 o'clock and 9.25 for the first time in the show we record on a Wednesday morning. They're normally announced by Sky um, on Tuesday night, but for some reason they didn't announce them last night. However, um, there are only two games on at 9.25, um, which are the Raiders at Broncos and the Cowboys at Patriots. Now, Sky tend to like both the Cowboys and the Patriots. Don't write in or tweet that I said that and you're upset, upset by it. They do. They like them both. So we're going to assume that the live game is Cowboys at Patriots. And let's be honest, most of you are watching Red Zone anyway. So the Dallas Cowboys are <laughs> one to two. The New England Patriots are 13 to eight. It's uh, a four point uh, spread in favor of Dallas, by the way, for those of you wondering. Um, and it is 52 points, the over under. So here we go, guys. It is October 2021. The Dallas Cowboys are heading to New England as four point favorites to beat the Patriots. This is the end of days. <laughs> well, they're the <laughs> Dallas are the uh, they're the top point scorers in the NFC. I mean, I think they come in. They should come into that game with a little bit of confidence, particularly given uh, that the Patriots have been, you know, they're clearly not the team they were a few years ago. That's kind of obvious. We've discussed that as well. But you know, this is this Patriots team kind of got out of jail last weekend against the Texans. Uh, but you know, I think the Cowboys might be one. Uh, one Texas team too far for them this weekend and particularly like I, I said it last week too but I've been impressed with Dak Prescott just coming back off that injury particularly to make his team the, the top scorers in the in the NFC and if you just look at this Patriots defense it's the secondary I mean you know I know Gilmore hasn't played this season man they just got rid of him uh, but you know if I was a Patriots fan, I'd be looking forward to getting a healthy Gilmore back into the team, not trading him, sending him away. I know that there was contractual stuff there going on, but just looking at the nuts and bolts of it, this team would be a lot better with if they had Stefan Gilmore playing a cornerback. And those are the types of things that Dak Prescott can take advantage of. So, I mean, I, th- I see some points in this game. Yeah, the, the, the Patriots yeah, I, I, have been I, up and down, I, Mike. Exactly. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I agree with John completely. Yeah, I, I was going to say that Gilmore, the same thing with Gilmore, because they didn't really look that great. And JC Jackson, he benefited, I think, more than anybody from Gilmore being able to shut down the other team's prime receiver or or their secondary one in Jackson to have help with the, with the other. And um, he made a couple of mistakes against Houston, which which hurt them. And you know, you said the Patriots have been pulled out of jail. They put themselves in jail. Yeah, they in, did. In, a, in a number of games, including the Houston one. Um, I did. I did suggest taking Houston to cover in the column, and they did cover, obviously. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of faith in. I think the Patriots can score some points in this game, um, but I think they'll give up more than than they usually do. Uh, I think Dallas may benefit from from the what would you call it? I, it's it's strange with a team that runs so many trick plays to say it's unimaginative. But it, it's more that it's unaggressive, the Patriots offense. They're they're really programmed and trying to take little bits and protect Mac Jones in that sense. And and I think that's hurting them as, as much as anything else. So yeah, I, I'd agree. Um yeah. with, with taking Dallas, giving the points um seems okay. I'd probably go under though. Um, because I, you know, I even without a, a Stefan Gilmore, I still don't see them getting shredded 
or shredding a Bill Belichick defense. Mm. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention because actually Dallas um, during the offseason hired a new offensive coordinator um, from uh, from college, wasn't it, Mike? No, no, he was there. He was there, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, that's it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, he was, he was there. He was there, but they're giving him more. He's obviously taking more responsibility, and and having is. Dak having Dak back makes a big difference for him too. He dialed up one on Sunday night. It was the uh, the pass uh, in the end to Zeke. Uh, they faked it to him and spread, then actually did throw it to him. It's straight out of college football playbook. Mm. It's a beaut. Yeah. It absolutely completely tricked them to the point Zeke was able to dance in. Um, well, yeah, almost. Not recommended, that, to be honest. That was, fun. that was my favorite play of the week because Zeke was dancing in and then all of a sudden he realized he was going to get caught if I he took one, one, he one more caught. step. And then he all of a sudden he turned in and he, he ran in the last <laughs> the last step, you know. Yeah, he was kind of goose-stepping in. I remember I was watching it going, you know, your mind could get to him. <laughs> Um, look, we don't know the six o'clock games. There, there, there is a slate of games, but I believe both of you have an opinion on who you think Sky will pick. We've looked to the to the sky, gods. We've looked to the sky, uh, John. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first with who you think the six o'clock game will be and who you think will win it. Hey, if this gets popular, this might be the way we do it. We just guess the guess yeah, the games. Just guess the games. <laughs> uh, six o'clock game. I'm just looking. I didn't write down the times, so I'm just seeing which game is which. Are we going with the uh, the Chargers at the Ravens? Yeah, that seems a reasonable problem. Yeah, to, that's, to, that's something I, that could be picked. If I yes. was the Sky Television scheduler, which uh, that's actually a job I've done in the past. I have been a sports television scheduler, but uh, I think I would go with that one. Two four and one teams, two teams. You know, I don't know. Sky Sky may think Sky may think that Houston and Indianapolis is irresistible. <laughs> okay, but I think you know, just if you look at the game script for this one. Uh, I just think it has all the hallmarks of just being, uh, you know, a very entertaining game. This is two teams, or these are two teams who came from behind last weekend to claim, you know, some late wins, one of which was very disappointing to me, obviously. But um, I think the the Ravens, I believe, are the favorites in this game. But I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of value in picking the Chargers here. You, you know, we, Kieran, you mentioned at the top of the show, or, you know, who are the best teams going? And is it the Bills and the Ravens? Are they, you know, now better than the Chiefs and and so forth? I'm not as confident in this Ravens team, you know, I, I, in, in one sense, I'm impressed how they've started the season, particularly after losing some kind of key skill position players to injury. But at the same time, they, they've had to kind of pull the iron out of the fire in a few of their games so far this season. And I just think I was pretty impressed with the ability of the, of the Chargers to get on the scoreboard last weekend against, you know, against the Browns. And let's be honest, the Browns defense, while not being like world beaters, it's not a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination. So to put what it was at 47 points was pretty impressive. So I think, uh, I think they'll get another, get, you know, another win over an AFC North team in Baltimore this weekend. Uh, the over-under, Ooh. I believe, is 51 and a half. But I think I like the Chargers with uh, three points going into this. I think that's a good bet. Yeah, um, it's five to four about the LA Chargers. Baltimore Ravens thirty twenty is said three points nine to ten. Um, so yeah, so if you really fancy Chargers, you can get them at five to four. Over to you, Carlson. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens giving three in yeah. this one, especially mm-hmm. since if they need three, Justin Tucker can provide it. Um, but um, and I, I think the difference is the Browns defense was was basically it was it was pass rush and and herbert took care of pass rush when he had to in other words he he evaded the rush long enough to make to make plays downfield the ravens on the other hand are better in the back 
certainly the back four or five, but maybe the back seven. They, they're a really good coverage team, and that's going to be, um, I think, what they depend on is trying to keep – and Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are really hard to keep in check. I mean, they, you know, they're incredibly effective, um, especially if Herbert makes a few extra seconds. Because, um, you know, we'll, I mean, the, the way that Cleveland was letting Williams just run across the field unobstructed <laughs> Yeah, sort of like you know, you could see the safety going, "Hey, Mike, what's up? <laughs> where, where are you headed?" <laughs> and William, Williams would run right past him into the all alone to the corner of the end zone, and and Herbert would um, would would throw him the ball. But I, I think the Ravens will be more disciplined than that. Um, I and I do see a lot of points here. I was very impressed with the way. Finally, they they went to a pass first game. It depended on Hollywood Brown. His presence gives them that ability to stretch the defense out vertically, um, which I think which I think they'll be able to do. So I like the Ravens at home in this. Yeah, actually, interesting one from that game. We mentioned it just um, before we started recording. Of course, um, it's the first time I've ever seen a, a an, an opposing team push the running back in to score a, a touchdown, which the Browns did rather cleverly, to be honest. Um, <laughs> because Austin Eckler in the previous play had knelt down at the one yard line and was running the clock, and they ran the ball, and the Browns just picked him up, yeah, and threw yeah. him into the end zone, and said, "Give us ninety seconds." Hey, look, yeah. if the Browns aren't going to score a touchdown yeah. themselves, they're going to score a touchdown for the other team. That's that's how we do things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean. You know, they did do a good job of getting the Browns to use their timeouts on the previous on the previous series. Um, but then I, I tweeted at the time, I just I couldn't understand it. They could they could have taken three knees and kicked a field goal with six seconds left and the game would have been over. You know, why even give Eckler the ball? It, it, it made no sense. John, um, John, I'm going to give you the, the, the final game of the weekend, the Bills at the Titans. We've discussed how, how much you uh, kind of like the Bills. They're two to five to win this game. Tennessee Titans are two to one. Uh, 5.5 is the spread at the moment. 54 is the over-under. Um, it's all about Derrick Henry, really, these days for the Titans, uh, to be honest. I mean, he's not as good as he was last year, um, Derrick Henry, or the Titans, but he has more rushing yards than 25 NFL teams. And Tannehill, well, Tannehill... Uh, Tannehill threw 30-plus TDs last season. He does not look like he's going to get anywhere near that at the moment. So I think the Titans dropped a little bit uh, from where they were last season. But um, it's all about the Bills coming into this. Yeah, uh, I can't disagree with that, Kieran. I think that's a fair fair uh, assessment of things. Yeah, we've. I won't harp on it too much, uh, this particular game, because we've discussed the, the Bills at length. But I think the key, like the over-under in this one is 54, as you mentioned, which is, you know, that's very much at the top end of what the, these can be. Um, and I think that can only really be achieved if the guy that you just mentioned, Kieran, Derek Henry, can can throw in with a you know at least two touchdowns. Even a three would be nice from a Tennessee perspective as well. But yeah, the it seems like the Tennessee have tried to, you know, alter their their general game script a little bit by you know not by, by trying not to become so reliant upon upon Derek Henry. And uh, you know they're integrating the pass game a little bit more. But as you said, Tannehill you know, maybe isn't throwing his weight as much as he should. So I think I kind of like the under 54 in this one. Um, but, you know, if you're watching this game and after the first two quarters, Derek Henry's having a stormer, you know, the over is very much achievable in this. Um, but I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think the Bills are going to have trouble scoring yeah, the points, pr- but I think the Titans might. Okay, guys, let's get the best bets of the weekend. Mike Harrison, you are the hot hand, as we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much fun to have you. Uh, come d'habitude, mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> um, who you got this weekend? 
Um, I think my best is going to be the under in the Dallas New England game. Um, listening to myself, <laughs> listening to myself explain a couple of minutes ago about the game, it seemed more and more juicy to me. So it's under 56 5 at the moment. I'll take that as a best bet. Um, uh, John Buff. I'm looking at Arizona and Cleveland. I think the over. <laughs> I don't often. Are. I don't often pick this. I Matt almost never pick the Browns as my best bet. Here we. Here we are. Scum. But I'm going with the over 49 of this one. I mean, the uh, Cleveland team scored 42 points by themselves last week. I think 49 is an achievable uh, target for for both. So over 49 in the Cleveland versus Arizona game is my best bet. Do the Browns Fair. cover three? No, Carlson. <laughs> well will they answer the question <laughs> oh i thought i said did they cover three last week um no uh, will they cover three yes they will okay all right okay um uh, and finally for me well look there's only one place to go because i am a firm believer in you ride the train till you get kicked off the train i didn't know where i was going with that <laughs> um it's gotta be dallas minus four they are five and oh uh mm. against the spread uh they're playing well they're the hot hand of the NFL right now. And um, I think Dallas minus four has to be on anyone's radar uh, this weekend. And that is it, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. John Balf, as ever, professional, courteous, mannerly. Mike left the phone on again. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for joining joining me um and thank you for listening uh, we know lots of you are listening every week um and it's fantastic and the show is growing and it's wonderful thank you so much so tell your friends how great we are um and do like and subscribe to the channel a reminder uh, we've got racing podcasts we've got football podcasts we've got cricket podcasts a whole host uh, five days a week podcasts uh, over on the betfair podcast network so subscribe some huge names involved in all of those podcasts uh, so thank you so much for listening a reminder to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend we will be back next week once again with NFL Only Better it's bye for now and thanks for listening